This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast to support the show and get your bonus episodes and ad-free episodes for five bucks a month. And listen, um... <laughs> As the person who Fucking gets all the hot. as the person who gets all the emails to the show, uh-huh. I'll just quickly I have acknowledge access to them. I opt out. Yeah, I didn't respond to people because there were a lot of you from last week. I read your complaints. I read your concerns about both of us. Yeah, I know you don't <laughs> like when mommy and daddy fight. Listen, that's the nature of the show. I go in with things I want to talk about. I don't tell Jess in advance. Uh-huh. And that means conversations go in every which way, things I didn't anticipate. Uh, yeah. And uh, so whatever, it happens. They're not all winners, people. Truly my favorite part about reading the con and I was more on the Facebook group and Twitter and things like that. Um, it was more about whomever a person agreed with, they thought the other person was completely out of pocket. <laughs> like, if somebody was like, yeah, it's all about workers' rights, and Jess, you know, was explaining this to Hemet, and he just refused to listen. He was being, bleh, and it's like, whatever, maybe you were being an asshole, but you're kind of an asshole sometimes. Uh, uh, but, yes. but truly, like, no matter if, if they agreed with Hemet, and like, Jessica has no idea what she's talking about. It was, and it genuinely was saying, 50-50 down the middle I, of people thinking you were an idiot, or I was an idiot. I did read the messages. I didn't respond this time around, because... I don't know what to say at this point. Anyway, just want to let you know, I did get your messages and I did see them all. You know, somebody reached out from, uh, I was in a, are you ready for the whitest thing ever? A white affinity group that I was in in 2020. No comment. It was just a bunch of white people reading like, so you want to talk about race and trying Ah. to like get our shit in order. Mm -hmm. Um, And this, this one uh, woman was part of it and she apparently started listening to my podcast as a result. So, Hey there. Um, Who is a, um, a mail carrier and emailed me um, about it. And she said that it is like you said, like we both said a lot more complicated than it seems and, and all that. So I'm going to follow up with her and maybe do more or, and I'm I'm not going to follow up with any of you who emailed. I'm just saying I did read them and I appreciate it. He does read them. Okay. I'm going to start off with, I figured let's just get the contentious one out of the way now. Um, Because this is the story that I think was the most, disturbing for a lot of people this week so all your trigger warnings for this um there's a story out of kenya where at least 90 bodies and the count keeps going up have been found in like shallow graves and it appears that they are the result they were all members or at least many of them were members of a christian cult 
that told members that they would meet Jesus, but only if they starved themselves to death. Well, that's a terrible way to die. Horrible way. And just, uh, first of all, there is a list, uh, also growing list of people who have been rescued. Last I checked, it was like 34 and counting. Um, Someone who works for Kenya's Red Cross told CNN that 259 people have been reported missing by their families, including about half of them, 130 being children. We don't know if they are part of that group in particular or just people went missing for other reasons. How many were children? Um, 130 were missing, but 90 bodies were found in this shallow grave. how many children did you say? I don't know how many people or children are in the graves, but it seems that they were all members of the Good News uh, International Church, which is led by a guy named Paul McKenzie. He has a last name. It doesn't get used in a lot of the press reports, so I'll call him Paul McKenzie. But basically, police began looking into the graves after receiving a tip that, hey, you should go check out the jungle where these people meet because there are bodies underneath, which is a fairly straightforward tip. Um the McKenzie was arrested uh, on April 14th. He shouted, praise Jesus, as he was escorted away. Uh, and just to sorry, give you... Sorry, praise Jesus that he got saved uh, or praise that Jesus That everyone is saved, large. I think, and seeing Jesus because they did what he said, maybe. Okay. This guy has a history of doing horrible things. He began this church in 2003, um, but... From the beginning, he's been, like, the source of controversy in a lot of ways. He's encouraged members to dissociate from the rest of the world. He's told members, here's the list, he's told members to quit school, leave their jobs, stop eating worldly food, however you want to describe Mm. that, refuse medical treatment, and destroy their government documents, like IDs and birth certificates. Ooh, do you think (laughs) they uh, encourage them to destroy those things themselves or give them to me and I will destroy them and definitely not sell them on the backyard, the the black market? Yeah, I don't know. Um, They were also told not to speak with people outside the cult if they had any intention of getting to heaven. Which part is the good news? um, I don't know yet. (laughs) We haven't gotten there yet, but... This guy, McKenzie, like I said, it's not just controversial ideas and beliefs and statements. He's been arrested before. Like, just last month, he was arraigned in court after allegedly telling parents to starve and suffocate two of their children. Oh, starve and and suffocate? suffocate, um, In that order? Separately, yes. And then he was released on a bond that amounts to $74 in U.S. dollars. And sure. and is this gentleman? Is he African? What country is this? They're Kenyan. Kenyan. Yep. He's Kenyan. So yep. he's not like a, all Kenyan. He's not like a white Christian missionary who's just there. Which is to a be whole a fucking other yes. can of worms. Um, he was okay. also arrested in 2019 on separate charges involving the deaths of other children. But at that point, he also paid the bond and was set free. Both of those cases are ongoing. Sure. Um, he was arrested before that for, like, anti-education preaching, but that didn't go anywhere. I don't know what that's about. They have an anti-education I, law? Can we get that? Man, <laughs> it's it's happening. It's in Florida. Um, yeah. One of the representatives, like a government representative, said this to a local uh, journalist, and it was scary. Um, this is the quotation. The month of March was set aside for all the children to die. The month of (laughs) April was set aside for the women to die. May was for the men to die. That's according to a government official who spoke to a surviving cult member and was reporting back to, like, the public, saying this is what these people were up to. Whoa. And so this is kind of a Heaven's Gate situation Mm -hmm. that they were planning that... Because Heaven's Gate 
they did it over a series of days and, and mm-hmm. weeks. It wasn't like they all did it at the same time. So that's so chilling to me of like, yep, they watched their fellow cult members die of cyanide poisoning, I think. Yeah. And they're like, cool. In like Jello or something. Yeah, Heaven's I think that's gate. exactly what they it is. They gave them food to die. <laughs> These people did not. But But truly, like, to me, it's so much more chilling that, people witness what is happening. It's not like Jonestown that sort of everything happens all at once and you get caught up. Right. This is, we, these people died. We all fucked that, fucked around with that, went to sleep, got up the next day, still and corpses in our house, and we're like, great, let's do more of that. And it that's the scary thing, that this is not one mass grave of everybody all at once. This is, yeah, over time. And I don't know how long it's been going on because I don't know how much I trust the one surviving cult member with no name. Mm. By the way, Mackenzie says, this ain't my fault. I shut down the church in 2019, which doesn't make me feel better because, like, you could still run a cult and, like, legally shut it down years ago. That doesn't mean much. Yeah, people run shit from prisons. Like, this is nothing. Here's another scary thing. There are unverified reports that some members of the group attempted to escape, like Mm. when the starvation stuff was happening, only Uh to be killed. How do we know that? How are we speculating on that? Because at least one body recovered from the grave site appeared to be otherwise healthy and not emaciated. So, like, why was that person buried if they seem fine? And I assume they found... So it's not like they found people with bullet holes? I don't know. Okay. Again, this is what's scary because we're not getting a ton of useful information mm. yet it's you get you hear little bits and pieces from very different places they all do seem to agree that like in general the horrible tragedy here did happen mm-hmm. it's the details they all kind of have little differences on do you have a sense and i don't want to brag i don't know a lot about kenyan geography do you know how are they really far removed like off in the middle of nowhere no i mean if you think about the horn of africa where somalia is ethiopia Uh like uh, kenya is right below that on like south of ethiopia Mm -hmm. and somalia it's not in the middle of nowhere now the jungle these people were in that's what i'm asking was a little removed from a distance it's not like they were in the middle of a big city but it's not like the place in general was lost to the world. Right. Um, I will say the president of Kenya, mm-hmm. he did say, like, this guy, Mackenzie, uh, he belongs in prison. And Good. what is being witnessed is akin to terrorism. He wow. also said this guy pretends and postures as a pastor when, in fact, he is a terrible criminal. Um, I would just. I love add, this guy. Wait, I should. Oh, no, I don't know you anything will not. about the Kenyan president. Yes. And there, <laughs> Shit. And neither do I. But I'm guessing. No, there's other issues. But <laughs> but the truth is, this idea that like he pretends to be a pastor, but he's a criminal, buddy. Mm. You can be both. Sure. Um, here's here's it's where a I no think. No true Scotsman is. Tell me. Yeah. Here's tell me if I have this wrong though, because this is where my takeaway was. Okay. Obviously, Kenyan tragedy, horrible, mm. horrific, and I think. Part of me thinks a lot of people just kind of may have seen the headline and thought, well, it happened over there. They have a lot of cults over there. They have a lot of crazy religious leaders who will like pull people in the just worst possible direction. Racist people? Yes. Okay. Um, or ignorant people who don't even mean to be racist about it. Just like it's something in Africa. I've heard a lot of stories sure. about cults doing crazy things in other countries. Mm. And my argument to this hypothetical person I'm strawmaning out of thin air. Sure, sure, sure. Is that I don't think it's that far removed from stuff we see in the U.S. Because if you go back to that list of what this guy allegedly told his cult, 
quit school, leave your jobs, uh, refuse medical treatment. That's, that's Christian stuff we science. See. That's Scientology. We see that all the time. Yeah, that's... there are plenty of Christians, not even fringe yeah. groups, Christian leaders who say you should use prayer as a substitute. For medical intervention. Yes, Christian scientists. Yes, all those groups who use faith healing. Uh, The crazy people in Kentucky who do the snake thing. And and if they get bit, they don't seek medical help. Just pray harder. It's all the same. Um, And by the way, children in those groups have paid the price for it Mm -hmm. with their lives. There are Christians who justify child abuse as an extension of biblical wisdom, like training up the child. There are, during the pandemic, there were Christian, there were Orthodox Jewish leaders who ignored safety precautions, crammed themselves indoors, no masks, Mm -hmm. no social distancing. Mm -hmm. They said, we demand our church stay open. Um, Plenty of evangelical leaders are downplaying the importance of the vaccine, Mm -hmm. which are life-saving. Um, so my argument is, well, if you think that a religious leaders leading gullible followers to their deaths mm. by saying something Slow that violates deaths. any that violates any common sense, mm. guess what? It happens here all the time too in different ways. Mm-hmm. No, there there are not starvation cults in the U.S. But the idea of just trust me, just trust God's, uh, trust God. And then just do what I say. Sure, ignore the pandemic. That doesn't exist in yeah. the world. That's uh, some liberal conspiracy or something. That happens here. Christians have died because they listen to pastors lead them down a path of destruction. Sure. And that's, again, it's a faith-based thing. And you could even argue it's not a cult leader like who knows better, who's walking all these people to their deaths. Mm-hmm. Like, no, a lot of those people sincerely believe they're doing the right thing, but it's the same end result. Just because you don't see them, just because the bodies are not buried mm-hmm. like two feet underground to the right. point where people can find them, doesn't mean we're not seeing the same thing here. So, I mean, the we should all be outraged by the slow drip, faith-based deaths Mm -hmm. that occur in the U.S. just as much as you're horrified by the headlines coming out of Kenya. And I don't know if that's a fair comparison, but that's what came to my mind. I mean, I think so. I I think anecdotally, there are people who have cited either religion writ large or Fox News or white supremacy or whatever. They sort of saddled that concept with the death of their loved one because they got so swept up in this weird uh, conspiratorial mindset that they... Stop trusting doctors. Stop trusting, like, whatever, and made bad decisions. Um, so, yeah, it, it it feels all of a piece. It's so fucking sinister, though, to, to think of how long... Because it takes at least three weeks just for someone to starve to death, more or less. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they're drinking water. I doubt it. I don't know how mu- if anything <sighs> was going in their bodies. That's really scary. I really and scary. I say this as a former Jain, which is Mm. a religion known for being peaceful, which also encourages fasting. Mm. Not like this, like not forever, not all the time, but like I have seen stories. Sure. Anomalies, but stories of Jains who, or they encourage children to fast Mm. and it's not healthy. 
Um, so I'm just saying, like, this stuff does happen in your backyard as much as it's happening yeah. over there. It's not limited to one religion. It's not limited to a cult. Yeah. It did bring to mind, it's a joke, but it's not really a joke. Like, what's the difference between their cult and, like, someone else's religion? Population. The difference, Yeah. Difference between a cult and a religion is that there's always someone at the top who knows it's a scam, uh. but in a religion, that person is dead. And I don't know if this cult leader who got arrested, like, after Mm -hmm. he got arrested, he started going on a hunger strike, too, Mm -hmm. saying, like, well, I'm going to be with all these people as well. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if I believe that you know what, like, you don't know what you're doing here. Yeah, Ali, I just listened to a podcast about the tragedy of the Essex. Do you know that story? It's basically what Moby Dick was based on. It was a Mm. whaler ship that got, um, uh, sunk by a sperm whale slash possibly white sperm whale. And they all ended up on this boat for, I think, two months or something like mm. that. And there, a few of them survived. And let me tell you, describing what it's like to die from dehydration sounds fucking miserable. Like, not to, like, it. say the most obvious thing ever, but, like, your tongue swells up in your mouth to the point you can't speak. Yeesh. Like, that is just one thing that has stuck in my brain from the three months or, to, or or whatever that I listened to that episode of last podcast on the left. And all I can think is, oh, some little Kenyan 12-year-olds, that's how they died. Yeah. Because why? Because their parents or this cult leader led them down that path and told them, this is the best decision you could be making. Yeah, you will suffer and you're going to like it. The other day, I forgot my water bottle when I was going to Target, which is across the street, and I panicked. I mean, it was like, oh my God, I'm so thirsty. You I'm going to die of dehydration. I wouldn't this survive cult is not for, for a you. Lo- I have three water bottles with me at all time. I am very hydrated. I would not thrive in this that environment. That is somehow the whitest thing you have said. I'm fine with that. Um, my skin looks great. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank um, you. I, this, this idea. Is how you know he doesn't listen when I talk. Nope. The, using God as leverage to mm. convince your followers to make terrible decisions, that is not unique. To Mm-mm. this group is, is what a sad is, story though. Horrible story. The kids are always hard to. Yeah, no kidding. I don't know how many children were you victims can of watch this. Your child, like I watched my niece and nephew over the weekend, and Maeve cried for like five minutes, and I was like, I am brokenhearted. How am I going to help oh. this person? And somebody, don't worry. When you become a parent, you become immune to all of that, and will, none of it phases will you. Will not ever. become a parent. Cannot. My heart is made <laughs> of stone now. No, it, it's true. It's just like just the um, it just so is an antithetical to human nature to allow your children to slowly starve to death. It's very Seriously. fucked up, and and says a lot about the the pull that religions and cults have on people that no they're willing to let their child die in front of them. Yeah, fuck, man. All right, happier story because it involves stealing the Bible. Happier than um, African children dying <laughs> in a shallow grave. Why? Yeah, the the bar was the bar was low <laughs> for happy stories here. Um, this is a grades. story that should not be a controversy, but like Republicans are really itching to make this a controversy. Here's oh, the story. Oh uh, Republicans in Arizona in their state house, Republicans in Arizona, by the way, in the legislature, they have a small majority in the Senate. They have a small majority in the House. Uh-huh. And then they act like they're all kings. Um, they're all mad at one Democratic lawmaker Ooh. because they in the state house, they have like a members only lounge. Do you have to wear the jacket? Yeah, I, I don't know what color it is. But it's yeah, like it's the like the Delta Lounge? 
Pretty much. And you go there to relax and get away from the media, I assume, or you need a break during votes or whatever. I don't know what they do. I don't I don't care about the lounge. The lounge is there. It turns out there are Bibles strewn about (laughs) in the lounge. And a Democratic <laughs> lawmaker, her name is Stephanie Stahl Hamilton, uh, basically sees them in there all the time. And she started just moving them off like the couch <laughs> and like off the table in the middle and putting them somewhere or like under the cushion or here, I'll put this one in the fridge. And at Low some key point, gaslighting their coworkers. <laughs> and like because she's arguing, they don't belong of here. What they are we don't. doing? And then the Republicans are like, someone's taking our Bibles. Let's install a hidden camera. <laughs> and they did. And they see her moving these Bibles. By the way, not, not throwing them in the trash. Not ripping them up, like, in the privacy, what she thinks is privacy. No, just taking it and, like, moving it elsewhere. <laughs> and then... Poplar Molokov yeah. up on this piece. And wow, then gang, they, good job. They give the you video... Bibles for free, literally anywhere. Why are you worried? No kidding. And then they give this video to a reporter who is sympathetic to them, who is like now trying to track her down. Like, what do you have to say about this hidden camera footage? Also a senator. She's just like. She's a state representative, former state state senator, now a state representative. She's been around for a while. Arizona. Arizona. Let me read how how the Fox propaganda team framed this. The Arizona House of Representatives was alerted about the mysterious disappearance of a pair of holy Bibles on March 23rd. Bibles is H capitalized? HB capitalized? Yes. Oh, yeah. After being alerted to the Bible disappearances, gumshoes with the House security team started searching the lounge for the Bibles and found that they had been placed underneath cushions of two chairs. Where? In the world nearly Carmen Sandiego. No, thank you. (laughs) Nearly a week later, another Bible went missing from the lounge and was later discovered to have been moved and placed inside a refrigerator. (gasps) Nice work, gumshoes. In a nearby kitchen. Okay, I'll stop there. But we go from like it's just the dumbest thing. So the bigger question in all of this is why the hell were there Bibles in the lounge? Fox did not ask that question anywhere because, again, this is not a lawmaker's personal office. It is a communal gathering place inside a government facility. And even if you think what she did was petty, and you know I am not beneath, I'm not above that. Like, it's a far bigger problem that the Christian nationalists here, the Christian legislators, just felt like, I can leave the Bible around here who for light reading between votes. Do you think they actually sit and read the Bible? No, or do you think it's actually performing? First of all, you would never see copies of any other religious book in the lounge because they don't any belong book, there. Period. Yeah, and Christian nationalists don't think they should be held to the same standard. Also, to your point, who has time to read the Bible yeah. in a government lounge? Read the who bills is rolling through the lounge during a break and being like, oh, I need to read the book of Matthew here. Like, <laughs> what? And by the way, it's got to brush up on acts. Yeah, like I got to remember what it said. Like you could read a newspaper, you could read a magazine and learn about the shit you're voting on. But I can't no. decide if I want to vote to give children food. I'd better check the Bible. Yep. Otherwise, Says, how am I supposed to make a decision about this? I should do this. this to gay people. Well, all right, I'm set okay, for the next session. Okay, no notes session. here. Oh my Stephanie, God, that's so uh, fucking Stahl funny. Hamilton, by the way, is not like some atheist activist here, not that there's anything wrong with that. She is an ordained Presbyterian minister. (laughs) I waited till you were drinking wine to say that. 
who currently serves at a church, at a parish. She got her Master's of Divinity from Princeton Theological Seminary. Okay. And she happens to think church and state ought to be separate. Like, yeah, that's it. I love a vindictive Christian. <laughs> oh, it makes my heart sing. So here's the downside oh, to this. so funny. After a reporter uh, started, like, he airs the footage. He tries, like, ambushing her in the hallways. Like, uh, what do you have to say about my hidden sure. video? And she's like, I don't want to talk to you. And, like, walks away. But it, there was enough pushback on this that she later sent the reporter a brief statement saying just a little playful commentary on the separation of church and state, which I don't love that statement. I would have preferred the books don't belong there. So I was cleaning up, but that's <laughs> why she's in office and I'm not. Um, but then this week on Wednesday, she apologized on the House floor no, saying, uh... I realize my actions could be seen as something less than playful. Which I don't. You oh, didn't that's have to like do a that. dude not apology. That's cool. <laughs> she learned that one from Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Could be seen as something. I like, understand yeah. that some of you may here's, have been offended. Here's why I think Republicans are out to get her, though. Because they want to do their own little Encyclopedia Brown mystery, <laughs> done in two pages, and like the answer is like, oh well, it was the bad guy. Um, a few weeks ago, I think maybe a few months ago. There was a GOP state representative, a Republican, Liz Harris, who invited a conspiracy theorist and election denier to testify in front of lawmakers. And then that conspiracy theorist started spreading lies and like suggesting Jessica, Representative Jessica, I have something to say about you and your evil. Like just horrible things. It was like even Republicans are like, what the hell is our Republican colleague doing by inviting this person here? Oh boy. And they all, Democrats and a handful of Republicans, voted to expel that person from their caucus. Was he be- supposed to be like an expert on something? I don't know. Or I'm not sure. Imagine what his- Carrie Lake, the Republican who ran for governor and is now promoting, she thinks she's governor in her head okay. because of conspiracy theories and election fraud, and she's not. It's one of her acolytes who invited a conspiracy theorist. Oh, no, Lake is. I'm so sorry. Don't worry. I'm glad you don't. Great. Um, but the point is, they expelled her from their caucus. She's no longer in office. But the person who filed the ethics complaint against her that got the ball rolling uh-huh. is our friend here, Stephanie Stahl-Hamilton. And I think some Republicans are now out to get her for revenge, for getting rid of their colleague. Sure. Um, and in fact, Carrie Lake, uh, her Carrie Lake war room account, a member of the Arizona House Democrats stealing Bibles. This is on Twitter. Stealing Perhaps Bibles. she should be expelled from the legislature. This is an egregious violation of decorum. She should suffer the consequences. Suffer the consequences. She moved Bibles from like one spot to another spot. And then here's the other thing. The current like pro tempore speaker, a Republican in the house, um, he reacted to the footage where he's like, well, I'm watching that. I'm thinking, well, this is obviously someone who's got some purpose and some intent, and they know they're doing something bad. I don't quite understand the issue of having a Bible available for members to read. Like, he's acting very offended by what just happened. It's like, dude, if you need to read the Bible, you could pick up any of the one gazillion copies that are out there. Don't you could pull it up on your phone. Actual shit to be done. Not if you're that an is, Arizona Republican. I, I su- no, I'm like being very sincere about this. Like... I don't know much about, like, running a government, but I have to think it's kind of time-consuming. You would think. What are they doing? It is for the good ones. And Elon Musk, I am convinced that if you make more than, like, $80,000 a year, (laughs) you are required to do nothing. 
thing. Yeah. Every dollar above that is a minute you can just troll Truly, other doesn't people. doesn't it feel like, like, how do you have this much time yeah. to go put in a security system and then there is solve a, your Nancy Drew mystery, <laughs> case of the missing Bibles, no wait, they just moved two foot to the yeah. left and went <laughs> under a couch cushion. Case closed. There's an Arizona Republic columnist, Lori Roberts. Kudos to her for pointing out that after all of this, she's like, there's no indication any of these Republicans have ever opened the book in the first place. (laughs) And she pointed out, I look at, I'm quoting her, I look at some of the things happening in the legislature this year, the demonization of immigrants in Mm. search of asylum, the targeting of the LGBTQ community, and in particular, transgender children, um, dot, dot, dot. But then perhaps some of them, Republicans, Mm. haven't gotten to the part in the scriptures about loving thy neighbor or doing unto others the way you would have them do unto you. Like, point taken. Yeah, if these people care so much about the Bible, you would think maybe open it up to the Jesus stuff and get something good out of it. But no, that's not their thing. They're not interested. I know that's such a uh, a well we return to so much, but it's really hard to understand what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? Like, what? I'm just having a big moment of clarity right now of, like, these people are so fucking obsessed with the Bible that they're pitching a fit because one was put in their refrigerator, which is a 12 out of 10 goof. Just trying to keep it cool for I you. I mean, it's it's how Joey saved himself from The Shining. Hashtag oh, friends right. reference. Yeah. <gasps> you got a reference! Nice. Um, but, like, truly, really and truly... What are they pulling from the Bible that is guiding it's, their morals? It's not. It's all for show. It's all to make a point about think, which religion matters. They think they are doing Christian shit, right? I mean, I think they all just do their shit. And then when someone reminds them, like, why did you do it? Oh, because of the Bible. Like, oh, like it's they the back, excuse. They retrofit it yes, into they their retrofit opinion already. retrofit the Bible into their cruelty. That tracks. Which, by the way, that's my job to point that out. <laughs> So I appreciate that they're doing the work for us. Uh, I don't know. Last weekend, I had my in-laws over and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You too can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com friendly and use code FRIENDLY to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Let me jump to this story that made headlines as well. Um, Last Saturday night, an 18-year-old high school senior named B, like the letter B, uh, Hayes, uh, went viral because B was standing outside the prom and was holding a sign, and it says, they wouldn't let me in because I'm in a suit. 
And the idea here is B is a cis female, from what I can gather. And they wanted, the school officials wanted B to wear some prom dress. Mm -hmm. B wanted to wear a suit. Mm -hmm. And then they wouldn't allow B into prom. Right. Which is like, by the way, part of me was like, is this weird? Because how'd you have a sign ready to go? And I think they did inform B ahead of time. If you don't wear a dress, we are not going to let you in. So B came prepared with the sign, got the picture and you know what? Good on high schoolers for right. being prepared to take advantage of social media because that sure. picture went viral. I'm really curious. Like, obviously, it's just some like 45 year old dude like making the call at the door. But what if like somebody sh- like I have like 15 onesies now, jumpsuits, uh-huh. right? Like that are technically pants, but they are formal wear or whatever. Like. Uh-huh. These are not to like we'll slippery talk about, slope it we'll all, the, but like we'll it's so stupid code. to be like, oh, you have to dress like masculine, feminine, because that's not how fashion do anymore, right. and it right. hasn't ever. Let me read you first. I will get to the dress code for prom, mm. but let me read you what B wrote. My name is B Hayes. This is on Instagram. I'm 18 years old. I've been attending Nashville Christian School. Mm. That's the name of it for 13 years. My senior prom was today. I wasn't allowed in the doors because I was wearing a suit. I should not have to conform to femininity to attend my senior prom. Mm. I will not compromise who I am to fit in a box. Who are you to tell us what it means to be a woman? Nice, so, B. Excellent nice. post. Well said. Um, like I said, apparently B was told in advance the school would not allow them in without a dress. So mm-hmm. the sign was part of what I assume is a planned protest. Sure. What I don't get here, and we'll get to the dress code thing, but like setting aside the desire to conform to femininity. Mm. I mean, if you're worried about like modesty or something, a pantsuit <laughs> or a suit shows way less skin than most prom dresses. Such a good point. Like you could you could congratulate B for the modesty. Um, but none of this is new. Like in 2015, I had to look this one up because I was like, when did this happen? In 2015, a different Christian prom kicked out a male student for wearing a kilt because they were like, yes, which was personal to that student, but it didn't matter. Bad call. I will say, here's the upside to this whole story. And there's a few upsides to this whole story. One is that classmates, Uh like current classmates are going on Instagram and social media saying like, we tried to let school officials let you in. Like, oh, we were fighting for you, which for is them. great to see. Even the DJ at the dance chimed in wow. on Instagram. Here's the post on Instagram as a comment on uh, B's post. My name is Neo, and I was the DJ at your prom. Like, I'm assuming this is not a fake, but so take it with a grain of salt. But I mean, this sounds like a dad typing, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was just brought to my attention you were denied entry. It breaks my heart to know you've experienced this. Uh, Had I known at the beginning, I would have done something. I'm sorry I wasn't aware. If you have a graduation party or any celebration this year, as long as I'm not booked on that day, I'd be honored to DJ for you for free. You let me know. We'll hook it up. You have an ally in me. Oh, this <laughs> sweet boy. That's awesome. Oh, I bet he had like a shiny purple vest. <laughs> <laughs> Also, and spiky hair and told you how to do the cha-cha slide. Yes. Here's another thing. Hayes Post was shared with Nashville business owners who own a place called AB Hillsborough Village, which is another event venue in oh. Nashville. And basically, they called up B to see whether they'd be interested in a prom of their own. Invite 25 friends. Stop it. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we'll see. That's but like, dark. you have companies reaching out to say, like, we want to help out, um, which is awesome. 
I just... So the reaction... Like, I don't know what the school was hoping to accomplish, but if... Like, at a time when Christian schools are struggling for attention, I'm sure this is not the way... Even if you say, well, this is part of our code. We had the rules in place. Like, I'm sure this is not the attention you want. Right. I can't imagine this is the attention I mean, you and want. on the other side of their mouth, they're going to say, how come kids don't want to go to church anymore? <laughs> like, it's so wild. And truly, yeah. like, I have a student who is going to prom on Saturday, and she you know, identifies as female, but she wears fucking suits to proms because that's how she feels comfortable. And it just tears my heart in half to think, like, think of this student of mine having to stand outside of her prom because she doesn't dress in a way that's, like, cool with a bunch of 50-year-olds. Like, (laughs) what are we doing exactly? Here's another question. The prom took place, the event venue in Nashville where they held the prom Uh was ironically called Loveless Cafe. Get the Fuck out of my life. I don't, I think marketing professionals. I wonder if that's named after the person who founded or something, probably. But here's the question like, I don't know if they had any rules about like who they work with, Mm. and maybe they didn't know about the dress code, maybe they didn't know about B. Like, they're not the enemies here, they're not the ones who said get out of prom, but they do advertise on a website called The Knot, which is a wedding website, and The Knot has a policy of we're not working with groups that are bigoted and discriminatory. So the question is, what I want to know, and I did ask them and I didn't get a response, Mm. is what is their policy on working with discriminatory organizations, including a private Christian high school Mm. that is obviously anti-LGBTQ and does stuff like this? I want to know if they have a policy on that. Did they not know? Or or will they say like, well, from now on, we're going to make sure in our contract or whatever. Whatever. I don't know. I mean, I would, if I had to wager a guess, I think they would say dress code. It, like, we are not consulted on dress yeah. codes. Like, why would we? Like, But I, and will just, they sign a contract with any organization that is openly bigoted? So you're saying next, now that they know what's going to, now that they know, what's your next Because move? if the answer mm-hmm. is we'll work with anybody, it's Nashville. We got to take what we can sure. get in our area. Not that Nashville small, but then they shouldn't be at they shouldn't be allowed to advertise on a website mm-hmm. that explicitly touts its inclusivity. Here's another thing. The school, Nashville Christian School, a spokesperson said, basically confirmed most of the story, uh-huh. didn't didn't deny any of it, but they said the school's expectations regarding appropriate prom attire were communicated to this student and the student's family in advance of prom. While we certainly respect a student's right to disagree, all of our students know from our school handbook that when they do not follow such expectations at school-sponsored events, they may be asked to leave. So they're addressing not the root issue. They're addressing, well, she broke a rule, and these are the consequences to break a rule. They are not addressing, here is why we have these rules and why they are valuable, because they aren't. So I looked at their handbook. What do they say about that? And they actually had a special section on the junior-senior banquet which is their name for prom. And by the way, here's what it said that's relevant. Students may not attend banquet with a student of the same gender or sex. Oh. So they got to get the bigotry in there. Then one section on dress expectations. Here's what it says. All students should choose banquet attire that is appropriate for modesty and consistent with the biblical principles to guide student behavior and the statement of faith, yada, yada, yada. That's a pretty big... That's very vague. Very vague. It's modesty. Going back to the suit question. So it does that's not... More, that shows less skin than the dresses. Totally. So modesty is check. So it doesn't delineate between genders aside nope. from you can't go with somebody of the same gender. That is correct. So it's it all at the discretion of whomever is... Doesn't say a girl can't wear a suit. This. There's no say rules the... that say a dog can't play that's, basketball. That's exactly... Exactly right. So, like, 
again, I go back to even if B technically broke the rules, I don't know which rule, but let's say that happened. What's the what did the school accomplish by banning the student from prom? Because instead of giving students a memorable last high school experience, mm. big memory, it'll now be known as the night the school kicked out one of our friends for be, wearing a suit. It's going to be the night that la- launched a thousand activists. Yeah. Let's like, hope. can you imagine anything that's more energizing than watching a friend of yours get discriminated against? Yeah. Like, oh, there it is. I see what it I looks would, like now. I would love to see a statement from the rest of these students mm. at the school saying, we're just pledging as seniors that, like, whenever we make money and have a job, none of it's going we'll to this donate. school. Right. Like, we're never going to be donors to our school. And we encourage you not to either. That would be glorious. I have not seen that yet. But like kudos it's to be for not just publicizing the absurdity of the school's narrow mindedness. Right. But having the foresight to say, oh, I'm coming to prom with the sign because I know what they're going to do. Yeah. And I'm going to make this shit go viral so everyone knows. Um, These kids know what the fuck and again, is up. Don't blame B for going to a Christian school because you don't of know course. the circumstances. Parents send their kids to these schools all the or time. They could reasons. be Christian. Or they could Those be Christian. Two yeah. Are not... That is very true. Yeah. Um, hell of a way to leave a mark as you're graduating. Wow, B, that is a really courageous story. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Here's hoping good things in the future. And uh, with that, let's go to Mississippi, where all good things happen all the time. Um, A federal judge has ordered Mississippi to allow religious people to avoid childhood vaccinations as a prerequisite to enter public schools. Jesus Christ, Mississippi. Yeah. The judge, Sewell Ozerden, who is a right-wing judge, member of the Federalist Society, basically... How do you spell that first I name? don't know. Don't worry about it. But um, the Mississippi State Department of Health basically says no religious exemptions on this stuff. Right. And the, the immunizations you need to enter public school, or private school for that matter, involve uh, vaccines against... Uh, or immunizations against diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, polio, hepatitis, measles, mumps, rubella, chickenpox. Mm. Yeah. Kids, get your shots. That's yeah. what you got to do. Now, the state says we do allow medical exemptions to this stuff. Most states um, do. Most, uh, not as many as I was surprised to learn. But I will say, for all the... What? I think reputationally... I have it somewhere here. But reputationally, you might think like, oh, God, Mississippi officials. Oh, no, this is not going to end well. Mississippi State, like the state's Department of Health, mm. really good on this stuff. Hmm. Really good on this stuff. So they're like, look, we do allow medical exemptions because there are medical reasons. Some people may not be able to take their vaccines. Right. But the only reason they're allowed to do that is because the percentage of students who have a legitimate medical beef to get a vaccine Mm -hmm. is really small. And vaccines only work if as many people as possible get them. Just to give you some numbers behind this, measles, for example, uh, measles vaccines only work if 95% of the population is protected, then mm-hmm. the disease cannot spread due to herd immunity. That's why you can allow medical exemptions mm-hmm. because you're literally saying, okay, if like a handful of you can't get it, that's fine. Assuming everyone else can and does because then the vaccine, the, the disease cannot spread. So that's what you're the saying idea. is we live in a society and we're all supposed to be here to We have to take support. care of each other. Okay, except for in the state of Mississippi. Right, where okay. a conservative Christian group basically has argued that, well, if you allow exemptions for anything, you got to give it for everything, which, which doesn't make any no. sense. 
Um, the ruling never says why the families in question, the plaintiffs, don't want to be vaccinated, but one of them did say this publicly. One of the families, according to the lawsuit they initially filed, says, God has created humans with functioning immune systems that were well-designed to counteract threats. Hey, do you happen to know the uh, infant mortality rate of, like, I don't know, 100 years ago? Uh, a lot. A whole fucking lot. There's a reason people used to have, like, 12 children, and it's because half of them literally died in infancy. Mm -hmm. Our immune systems actually blow when you put them up against, I don't know, a really dirty city where you're drinking poop water? Yeah. But anyway. And diseases your body has not encountered before. Um, and by the way, our immune systems are not perfect. You know what else is not perfect? Any other part of our body. No. Because I'm guessing the plaintiffs in this case have no problem wearing glasses for their mm -hmm. broken eyes or getting broken braces eyes. for their broken teeth or taking Tylenol for a headache because mm -hmm. that happens. But they think, well, if there's a deadly pandemic, my body will just take care of it. They refuse to acknowledge that all those diseases that they're like, my, I don't get it. I don't have polio. I'm good. That's because other people took their vaccines. They got their vaccines. It's They were eradicated because of vaccines, and they're making a comeback because of ignorant, selfish people like these people. I really encourage, if you're ever going to talk to an anti-vaxxer, which I would not, to be clear, recommend ever. And if you do, but do it, it at a distance. <laughs> but... But Over if you Zoom. do, I would use polio as the uh, sort of preeminent example of vaccines work because when's the last fucking time you've seen somebody with polio? Yeah. Um, the Texas, this is a Texas-based group that is doing this in Mississippi. It's called the Informed Consent Action Network. And here's their argument. The state of Mississippi. I can? Yeah, I don't know. The state of Mississippi affords a secular yep. exemption to those mm. with medical reasons that prohibit vaccination. Pause. Yep. I need to dig really deep into the fact that they called something Hold medical we're gonna, secular. We're going to come I right back to that. I'm going to finish sure? the sentence. Yes. Let me finish the statement. The state of Mississippi affords a secular exemption to those with medical reasons that prohibit vaccination, dot, dot, dot. It has simply chosen to not accord an exemption when it's someone's immortal soul that a parent believes would be at risk. Calm down. Yeah. Their now, immortal to your soul, point, what about their physical body? Yeah, to your point, having a medical exemption from a vaccine that is not the same as a secular like well i don't want to get it for personal reasons i have a personal mm -hmm. conscientious reason i don't want to get vaccinated mm -hmm. that would be a secular exemption mm -hmm. from the rule that courts the supreme court now has said well if you're giving a secular exemption for that you can't say no to a religious exemption for other reasons like i think that's the game they're trying to play here but a medical exemption is not a secular one. Mm -hmm. That's literally that a different category of stuff. A bananas and so deeply dishonest way to describe mm -hmm. that. <sighs> They're not secular in any meaningful way. If the state allowed conscientious objections, maybe the religious side would have a point. But claiming the state can already accommodate students that are unvaccinated, which is what they said, without noting that the math and the science don't work if additional accommodations are right. permitted, shows you the sort of people we're dealing with. I kind of hate that they use the 
term conscientious objector. That's me using it. Oh, is That's it you? Oh, okay. I'm just saying. Like, I think it's a bad term then. If you <laughs> said, I don't want to fight in a war, Vietnam or whatever, because I have personal reasons right. against it. I would argue, okay, there's your non-religious reason mm. you don't want to do it. Sure. And if someone says, well, my religion prohibits me going to war. Okay, fine. We can argue if those are on the same playing field or whatever. In the case of vaccines, though, medical sure. exemption, different category that is not a personal belief yeah. you have. I don't get it. Wow. Now, here's going back to Mississippi's Department of Health mm-hmm. has been good about this. They have not said if they will appeal this ruling. But on vaccines, there. this is to the earlier point. Mississippi is only one of only six states that does not allow religious exemptions to vaccine requirements. Really? Illinois ain't one of them. Like, Ugh. yeah, like it's one of the only aspects of healthcare the state gets right. Um, and actually, one of the past presidents of the Mississippi chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics mm. said, like, our high vaccination rates should be preserved and protected. He said, mm. we're at the bottom of the heap in so many health metrics. Truly. But at the top of the heap in protecting our children from vaccine-preventable illness. I think that comes from a sense of community, mm. and it has endured for decades that we take care of ourselves and we take care of those around us. Wow. That's what he said, and he's right. So kudos to the State Department of Health. They have until July 15th right now to allow religious exemptions in their school requirements Mm. unless they appeal. And I hope they do because, holy shit, this is a horrible idea. Is July 15th the deadline for, like, the upcoming school year or is it the deadline to file an appeal for this? That's the legal filing to the... the, Judge who said you mm. got to give these people a religious exemption you said, have. I'm giving Mississippi until July 15th to change their rules. I see. But they could appeal before then, and I, I see, hope I they see. do. So anyway, um, yeah, so that's disturbing. Let me. Oh, here's a story I was dying to talk to you about because I don't know if everyone agrees on this, so I'm very curious what oh, you think. Oh, boy. Okay, Minneapolis, very progressive city. Mm. Minnesota overall, not entirely progressive, mm. but Minneapolis, super progressive. Um, They just became the first city in the country to allow broadcasts of the Muslim call to prayer over loudspeakers, like, at any time of the day. And here's what I'm getting at. So, like, they do, they have to pray several times a day, especially, like, during the holy parts of the year. And they have, like, I'm just going to say, like, a horn that sounds when it's time for everyone to pray. And during the pandemic, when... Not everyone can gather in one place. Mm. Maybe I could understand making an exemption exception for that. Like, mm-hmm. all right, you can you can do it, even though it's early in the morning or whatever. Right. Um, but they just passed an ordinance in the city to say you can always do your calls to prayer. You can use amplification systems to amplify that sound, mm-hmm. like a loud moan, whatever. It's a loud like loud moan? cattle call type of moan. And you could do it at any hour of the day. And the question is, how far should these religious exemptions apply? Because mm-hmm. until this was passed, the city's previous noise control ordinance, they said you, no sounds are allowed that are 10 decibels over the ambient sound level during the day. Okay. No, no loud noises during mm-hmm. the day. And it can't be more than five decibels over at night. Basically, you can't be too loud in public spaces. Mm -hmm. Totally makes sense. But there are some exceptions to the rule that were already in place. What are those exceptions? Certain vehicles that are just loud. the only thing I could think of. Yeah. The University of Minnesota's athletic events. Those got to pass. Okay, fair. But when it came to religious worship, the city said 
bells or chimes, they can ring no more than 10 minutes per hour. Okay. No more than one hour all day, but only between 7 a.m. and 10 p.m. So if your church has a big bell that you like to ring, Mm. you can do it in small doses, Mm -hmm. but when people are awake. Okay. Right? That was their old rule. Loudness is is acceptable. Quiet hours of the dorm. This feels reasonable so far. Like, don't be too loud outside of the hours because people have sleep to get and shit to to do, right? Fucking drag racing behind the mire. There you go. So the new ordinance changes those rules specifically to benefit Muslims because what it says is here's the new rule sounds created by bells, chimes, carillons. Amplifying equipment that was added because mm. that's what Muslims use, that's what the mosques use, or blah blah blah. And then they crossed out the line that said between the hours of 7 a.m. and 10 p.m., meaning you could hours. do it at any time. Um, yeah, so that means this call to prayer, which are broadcast five times a day at Ramadan and could begin as early as 3 30 a.m. during the summer solstice, mm, that's still late <laughs> for me, <laughs> <laughs> and early. early for normal people. Uh-huh. Um, so again. This request was made in 2020 during the pandemic. And at the time, one of the local Muslim leaders said, if we cannot be physically together, at least this echo, this voice, this call to prayer can be an extension of us being together at this difficult time. And again, uh, Minneapolis has a large Somali Muslim population. Mm -hmm. This is a huge part of their community. This is the district that elected Ilhan Omar. Mm -hmm. So like... I get why they would say, yeah, listen, we're all making sacrifices during the pandemic. This seems like a reasonable thing we could do for our Muslim population. I'm not even arguing that. But even then, when they allowed the amplification to happen Mm. in 2020, even they said, yeah, but between those hours that we gave you, right? So who was the one who decided to take away... Like, who redlined it? Who was the one who decided to take away the time frame? Like, do we have a person or a committee? It was a 12-0 vote of the city council. Yeah, it was unanimous. Three Muslim city council members pushed for the change, but it was a 12-0 vote. And now the new rule applies to nearly two dozen mosques Mm -hmm. all over the city, which is good for the Somali Muslim immigrants who Mm -hmm. live in Minneapolis. But, like, usually this, and I should say, this I said it's specific to Muslims. The the ordinance in paper does not say that, but it's not like Christians and Jews were itching to ring their bells at, like, 2 a.m. So like part of me is like good on these progressive politicians to go out of their way to support the desires of a often ignored, much maligned religious minority. Right. I want to congratulate for them, them for that. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, sleep. Sure. So Um, I don't know. I have, I do have more to say, but yeah, I have two questions. Do you know the racial makeup of, um, the uh, city, city council, city council? Uh, off the top like, of my head, no, or the religious, it's more diverse than you would expect. Okay, religious so diversity again, three Muslims, and I assume a handful of others. So, when he said three Muslims, that's the totality of the I Muslim. believe okay, so, yes. so. That's that was gonna be my first question. <sighs> Second, I'm really having a hard time wrapping my arms around what the sound is like, how disruptive is it? How long mm-hmm. is it? How, like, have you ever heard like a tornado, uh, uh-huh. Uh, alarm go off like when they're testing it like once a month in a city mm -hmm, it's like that first tuesday of every month it's like that it's that noise okay again so it's noticeable but not necessarily like they're not saying prayers over the loudspeakers for the whole community but i'm saying it's not like okay for you know one minute every hour you can't fucking hear anything besides these things that does not appear to be the case um so the minneapolis star tribune against it 
Not yet. Okay, that's but my, no like, one's heard it at two a.m. and had to be woken up by it. Who's not Muslim? That's where I'm going with this. Like, yeah. it's not a problem yet, but I wonder what's going to happen when this actually gets implemented and people start using it. The Minneapolis Star Tribune published an editorial last week saying, basically, you should pass this and it's a great idea. Why? And here's what they said. One need not be Muslim to appreciate the beauty of the call to prayer any more than one must be Christian to enjoy the peals of church bells on Sunday mornings, dot, dot, dot. Hopefully, such a soundscape also reinforces the perception that these different communities are not visitors, but full-fledged residents of the city. Which I think is a horrible defense of a bad policy, because the issue is not that we are giving mosques the ability to make noise just like we do from churches. Mm. It's that sounds from a mosque will be allowed to break the silence before the sun comes up, and this law was changed specifically to make that possible. Yeah. And in 2020, what again, when everyone's making sacrifices, Mm -hmm. as they should, the Freedom From Religion Foundation wrote a letter to the mayor, Jacob Fry, basically saying, listen, if you change the rule to allow this exception exception to happen, Mm -hmm. that is a blatant violation of church-state separation. Basically, they said, while we support your desires to provide comfort for Minneapolis's Muslim community during this time of crisis, Mm -hmm. the exemption from the city's noise control ordinance impermissibly favors Islam over all other religions. They went on to say, Minneapolis's noise ordinance is a reasonable restriction meant to foster a peaceful, quiet community with a well-rested population. (laughs) It is a neutral and generally applicable statute. Now, this week, FFRF basically reissued that warning, pointing out there's nothing now stopping evangelical Christians, just to name one group, from blasting out religious messages or worship music at, you know, ungodly hours of the day. Yeah. I mean, what happens when a Christian says, well, the rule does, I mean, going back to the the rules don't say the dog can't play basketball. Uh What happens when a Christian says, well, I think at 2 a.m. what everyone needs to hear is come to Jesus Hmm. and let me just play 10 minutes of my sermon from last week over a loudspeaker that we can buy because we're richer than most of these places. Right. Okay. What's stopping them from doing that? And at that point, will they learn they've made a mistake? And and the problem is then if that does happen, if Christians do try to like squeeze in through that loophole and then the rules try to change, then it's Christian persecution. Of course. Here's what I'll say. I have nothing that I disagree with about what you just read. Mm -hmm. The thing about, like, it's a reasonable expectation. I think that is 100% right. That said, I am right now not up in arms about it. Sure. Maybe because it is for Muslims, which is a marginalized um, group in this country... So maybe that's why I'm cutting it more slack, but maybe that's not good of me. But I, I I think at a time when religious conservatives have used their political power to shove Christianity on constituents, and we see that right. every time at all levels of government, right. like the proper pushback should be religious neutrality, mm-hmm. not giving a different religion the ability to annoy everybody else. I think that's a good point. And the thing is, the old noise ordinance worked fine. It applied to everybody. There was no reason to modify it, especially when if the idea behind the call to prayer is hey, we need to remind you Uh that this is the time right now. Get an alarm clock. Get Zoom. Use robocalls. Like, do a phone tree in your mosque. Mm. 
Like, there are plenty of ways to get True. people up early that don't involve me waking up everybody Text else. blasts. Right? <laughs> like, we could all, I mean, look, we could all use more religious tolerance these days, but rubber stamping a rule for one group in particular is not the way to do it. I'm so confused. I'm still confused about how we got here. Like, who was it who, like, is there a person who was like, hey. I think this was the Muslims in the community asked for this. Interesting. They asked to make that 2020 exception a rule. Like, thanks for giving it to us. We want to make sure it applies moving forward. So, like, codify it. Mm -hmm. And the city council's like, all right. But we're also taking out... Out the li- it sounds like the we're council making, was no, the one too. They not only did they say, "Yeah, we'll give you the ability to do it," and because our current rules say you can't go before seven a.m., but sometimes the calls to prayer need to be earlier. I see. Then we'll just take out that line. So they're just we don't want anything to interfere with your these religious worship happening at the appropriate time for yeah. whatever prayer it is. And okay. I don't think that's the right way. You can be no. religiously neutral, uh-huh. which is what you want from a government uh-huh. without bending over backwards for religious groups by making them all, all giving them all the permission yeah. to be more annoying at all hours of the day. Yeah. That's not the way to do yeah. this. Yeah, you could have easily said, well, the rules apply to everybody. So like, Figure out something else for 3 a.m. Right. And it also feels a little bit to me like those like big prayer tent concert things that are like so loud and destructive, disruptive in town. Like they happen mostly in 2020, right? Like they or would Greg go. Greg Locke right Locke, now in Tennessee who has a circus tent church. This is, who, this is what I'm trying to And so loud and people in the community are like, you got to put a stop to this. And the city council appears to be afraid to pass any noise ordinance that would get in his way right. because they're afraid he would come after them. Wild. This is yeah. not a thing I ever thought I would have to think about right? is whether an alarm can go off in a city at 4 a.m. <laughs> right. That's kind of cuckoo bananas crazy. Well, also, oh, I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you said it's about ambient, uh, above the ambient noise. Because I'm just thinking like. Because the city makes noise. A big city is going to make like, a lot of I, noise. When I lived in Uptown, there was a train a block away yeah. from me, and that was loud all night. But that's just. Part, and you get used to that. City. But again, giving more groups permission to make more noise at all hours, mm-hmm. that is opening the door to a community you don't want to live in. This really, really, really is surprising that this happened. I'm very, very shocked that Muslims were able to kind of get, like, have the I'm voting su- block. I'm not surprised they got it in Minneapolis. That's where they would get it in uh, compared yeah. to a lot of other cities. But it doesn't mean it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. I'm going to get to some happy news for once. Uh, I'll save it toward the end of the show. (laughs) Um, Interesting statistic that came out this week. Roughly two out of every three Americans now agrees with what atheists have always said. You don't need God to be good. This is from the Pew Research Center. 65% of U.S. adults say it is not necessary to believe in God in order to be moral and have good values. Cool. Just three years ago, it was 54%. It jumped up to 65. The number is even higher for people who are under 50 or people with a college degree mm-hmm. or people who identify as liberal and people with no religious affiliation. I mean, mm-hmm. no surprise there. But, like, here's who do you think thinks you need God to be good? Two groups, really. Black Protestants, Hmm. white evangelicals. And, like, that's not surprising necessarily. Um, So the question to toss out here is, well, why is that? Why do more people than ever before in America seem to accept that you don't need God to be good? 
because they've been paying attention to what's been going on. <laughs> I don't. I do not right? know how anybody can think you can use God to be good at this point because all we see time and time again are examples of people using their religion as a cudgel mm-hmm. to hurt marginalized people. So the name of our podcast is it? It's yep. pretty long. It is very long. That's why it doesn't do well on <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> But I, I mean, code. Some people use their cudgel as a religion. <laughs> I would say, like the just to go through the demographic listings, the way they broke it up, mm. I get why it would apply to young people because they've been surrounded by people from religious, different religious backgrounds their entire life, right. and especially people with no religious faith at all. Right. Same with people, probably with a formal. A college degree mm-hmm. because you were surrounded by people who didn't think like you mm-hmm. didn't come from the same background and you're like well i like those people right. they're nice like why would i think why they're do you bad? guys think you guys these guys are monsters yeah. they just like want to get stoned and watch bob's burgers <laughs> with me they're great yeah it's <laughs> easy to see the good in people who don't share your background mm-hmm. when you're surrounded by them and when you're also more likely to hear about or be affected by religious cruelty and hypocrisy Truly. and by the way case in point the least religious nations in the world have no problem separating faith from morality. I mean, Sweden, Australia, Canada, these are all places where religious affiliation has plummeted in recent years. Mm-hmm. And they were overwhelmingly likely to say, you don't need to believe in God to be good. Wow. Um, so we're at 65%. But like in other countries, that's just Canada's at 73, 64%. Netherlands is at 76, Sweden's that low in the Netherlands. Sweden's at 90. Okay, that's what I was expecting. Everything in Sweden yeah. is just better. Uh-huh. Um, here's the Jeez. surprising thing what was the number for Republicans? What percent of Republicans Ooh. say you don't need God to be good? Say you do not need you do God not. to They're be good. They're taking our say side on this 35%. 59. Fuck off. Really? Which seems contrary, again, there's a difference between (laughs) Republicans writ large, including a lot of people who are just like, well, I've been a conservative Uh, uh, my whole life, versus the Republicans who are in elected office. Yeah, Reagan and Trump Republicans are both monsters, but different flavor monsters. So 59% of Republicans say you can be good without God. Mm -hmm. Um, And ideologically speaking, uh, it makes a little more sense. Like, there's actually... uh, the U.S. was only second to Poland when it came to the gap between what those on the right and left believe on this subject. Like, even though... Poland, oof. Yeah. Even though most of our liberals and conservatives agree you don't need God to be good, our discrepancy is probably larger than everybody else. Oh, I see what you mean. But it's not that far apart, all things said. Okay. Um, Interesting to point out. There's a... I mean, again, 51% of people who claim they're on the right... 51% said really? you don't need God to be good. They're that on the right, separate from Republican. Game but still. to me. Yeah. 51. And what was the Republicans overall? 59. 50. So nearly two out of three card carrying Republicans. Republican or lean Republican, yeah. Don't think you need to be religious. 73% to be more? of moderate Republicans. I hope. 
I hope people younger than us can understand like what these numbers mean. I, I really, really, really hope like not Here's to be another like context kids these you. days. Oh, I know. But it I, but, wasn't like this back in the like, day. But like, was it George H.W. Bush who said something about like, if they're, you know, if you don't believe in God, you're not really an American or something. He like, didn't actually say that. It's an urban legend. Oh, but you it? are right that that's who is attributed to saying like, I don't believe they should be considered citizens. Can I but just, he never even though that's not it. a true story, I'm really excited that I remember the story yes. and assigned it to the correct president. Yes. Again, not true. Interesting number here. Good memory, Jess. Moderate Republicans of the three of them who are left, mm. 73% say you can be good without God. Mm. Only 62% of conservative Democrats say the same thing. So on Wait, this issue, on this issue, moderate Republicans are more likely to agree with 70, us. 73%, 73% than versus... the 62% of conservative wow, Democrats. And that's an 11 point difference too. Huge. That's yeah. not small. So again, I think overall, wow. to your point of like, this is a big sea change from what it was before. Uh-huh. Like, we're not, we don't have to play offense on this in the sense of like trying to show really? people you can have morality without religion because for two reasons. One is, well, you all know someone who's not religious, even if they're not like hard caring atheists, right. and they're fine and you're fine with them and you're right. comfortable with them. Right. And on the flip side, we've seen what religious people have done in the name of their faith, mm-hmm. whether they're politicians or religious leaders or whatever. Or and terrorists. Like, yeah. like listen, it's yeah. hard to, when we live in an age of constant terror, it's hard not, like, how can people not? sweep all of those things together like yes like september 11th was a thing that defined our generation right but people younger those, than us if it you is say those just... are extremists but if you go to like who's supporting guns in schools that make kids yeah. lives a living hell that's those are your mainstream christians right. who go to your evangelical our church. yours and my precipitant event was september 11th for them it's i have to imagine when they're our I age it's to going to be and go to school it's going to be Every two weeks for my entire childhood, I heard of a new mass murder, and it's all in the name of white supremacy and slash or Christian nationalism or, you know, broader. It can be Muslims and all that shit. What, people are not... I can't think of that many figures who are considered, like, chap, capital G good by society who are primarily... who are known for being religious. For example, like, Dolly Parton is somebody that, like, everybody's fucking down with. Everyone loves right. a Dolly Parton. She's great. I, can you think of a sort of preeminent Christian person who... Like, Joel Osteen used like to be Like, back in it. the day, Billy Graham was Billy the Graham guy, would they would say, it. respected, one of the most respected Americans, and can he's obviously... Can you pull anybody known. off? Um, I'll find that list for you, but no, they... There are some people whose names show up on those lists because mm. they've always been on those mm-hmm. lists. But you're right. A lot of the most respected people are not necessarily... There There may be politicians, the president of any part. Like Donald Trump is on that list. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean much. It's just who's the most famous. Right. It's a popularity contest. Right. But it's it's hard to envision there's a lot of outspoken Christians mm-hmm. who not only have the support of Christians, but also have broader appeal than yeah. that. I mean, Joel Osteen? Disliked by a lot of Christians. Right. He's just famous. But like he Franklin really Graham, Franklin Graham, mm-hmm. has his whole career has been, let me make sure my name is associated with the worst kind of Christianity. Right. So. Very interesting. I mean, Bill, the ghost of Billy Graham is probably the most popular Christian in the country at this point. Very interesting. He's looking up at us. It's funny. <laughs> um, here's a shocking story that uh, I had to read this twice because it's, Unbelievable what the American Humanist Association stopped recently. Here's the backstory. In October of 2020, 
the American Humanist Association filed a federal lawsuit against the Marietta Public Schools in Oklahoma and some of the administrators. And I was shocked by, like, if you're filing a federal lawsuit, like, some shit had to go down. It's like, well, what did this public school district do? Mm -hmm. What they did is they had a special program in the school district, and it was called, wait for it, what missionaries. Come on, gang. And what did they do? Several Christian missionaries. They don't do sex education there. So, nope. Several Christian missionaries just came into the classrooms Mm -hmm. once a month during Mm -hmm. school hours and preached Christianity for 30, 60 minutes to kids as young as pre-K. What if you did not want your children to attend? To Too bad. Shit for no alternatives you. for you. And this is a public school or private All school? All public. Okay. And parents uh, did not know this was happening because they were not given permission slips to allow their kids to do any of this. Mm-hmm. All of this happened in normal classrooms, uh, sometimes as a substitute for regular classes. Uh, the adults who like taught kids regularly were uh-huh. there during while all this was happening. The administrators promoted all this with emails and announcements. And according to the lawsuit, the classes promoted Christianity, Jesus, and God belief. Bibles were distributed to pre-K students by the missionaries. And the district described the class as character education. So all this was happening in 2020. How did we even know this was happening? Also in the lawsuit. This is wild. Like I said, you. this is one of those things, like I'm reading this like a novel. Right, it's right, insane. right, right. Here's how we found out about this. In 2019, a mom picked up her daughter from school, and after driving in the car for a little while, I, this girl was five. After driving in the car for a while, the girl asked, Mom, is God real? And when the mom asked the girl, oh, what prompted you to ask me that? Mm-hmm. The girl said, well, these people came and sang songs and told us a story about God and how he's real. And the mom oh, told the girl, God. like, I did not teach you that. Um, I just and- imagine the deli zoom from Jaws as she realizes <laughs> what's happening to her daughter. Yeah, close up on the face. <laughs> um, and the girl also said, like, the mom had said out loud, like, well, I don't think God is real. The girl said, like, well, I couldn't say that in class. Uh-oh. And the, the, one of the administrators, to- quote, told me not to say that or I'd get in trouble. Also, a gym teacher named in the lawsuit apparently corrected that little girl (gasps) to tell her that God is real. And basically, her parents also said that every time those missionaries came to visit the school, their daughter's, quote, cheerful temperament would noticeably degrade. Oh, this sweet poor girl. And even when the the parents wrote a note opting her out of the preaching class, the school made her attend anyway. Get the fuck out. So, what about parental rights? I thought these guys were all about that shit. Only apply to Christians oh, I forgot who again. don't want you to read books. So, it took a while. This was all <laughs> like 2020. They filed this lawsuit. Mm-hmm. This week, the American Human Association reached a settlement with the school district, mm-hmm. which is fine, that will put an end to this program for good. This is from the AHA. As part of the settlement agreement, the school will issue a public statement recognizing the constitutional violation of the program and affirming that it will not be reinstated. The school also agreed to pay damages to that family. Yes. Um, I love when they don't mince terms, right? you know? And here's the thing. Typically, damages in a civil lawsuit like this usually come out to like $1. It's all symbolic. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this case, they said the family is going to receive $12,000, which is way more than symbolic. That's a good vacation. Um, And while we don't know the exact terms of everything here, 
Uh, the AHA pointed out the significance of the victory. I mean, it reaffirms, wow. I'm quoting, it reaffirms the right of freedom of conscience for all. Um, it's a victory for education, understanding, and tolerance. Countering misinformation with education about the true meaning of the First Amendment mm. will reduce the likelihood that this kind of egregious constitutional violation will happen again. Hmm. I will say, I did check the school's website, the district's website. I have not seen that apology statement yet. I'm oh. sure it's coming because I can't imagine... What's the timeline of this? I don't is know this... what the timeline is. That's the terms of the settlement that I don't know. Gotcha. But... Uh, Glad they won. Glad they stuck to this. And I, even though it took a couple of years to get there. Sure. And I, I hope that girl's doing okay, whoever yeah, she is. Yeah, that's such a story. Right. Um, and Ugh. the last last one for you today, uh, which is horrifying, and it's not news anywhere in the U.S. because it's only really in Australia where this was happening. Here's the backstory. I did not know about this because it's an Australia-specific story, but it's so such a big deal that it appeared on 60 Minutes Australia. So, like, it's a big story. Okay. In 2020, there was a driver. His name is not important. He was working for a company driving trucks. And he basically went to his boss and said, like, listen, I am high on drugs. Whoop. I have not slept much. And I'm under the curse of a witch. <gasps> Correct answer there should be, well, you should not be behind the wheel. No. That's what the bright boss would do. Instead, this guy's boss, famously in Australia, uh, his name is Simon Tuteru. He basically said, drive. I think it's Tuteru. Tutoru, tutoru. That'd be sure. my guess. It's very Australian sounding. Fine. Uh, 46 minutes later, the driver veers off the highway, no. and there were cops who had pulled someone over for speeding, <gasps> killed four cops on the road because this driver who should not have been driving veered off the side of the road. Devastating accident. And he four was having a people. full psychological break. Clearly, something was up. And that guy, by the way, the driver, mm. was sentenced to jail in 2021. He's oh, going to he spend. Survived? He survived. Oh. He'll spend the next 18 years in jail. So oh fine, because you shouldn't have been behind a car and what the hell's going on. So well. fine, whatever. I'm not even getting into him. He's not the story. Yeah, you're the right. The story is that, okay, you could tell why this became a national story because right. four cops died. That's a thing. It was preventable. Never should have happened. capitalism and greed mm -hmm. and people don't matter. People are cogs. All of it. Sure. Here's the thing. Uh, Tuturu, he was charged with manslaughter also, the boss. Okay. But he wasn't sentenced. And then last year, uh, in the state of Victoria, the Victorian Director of Public Prosecutions, like their Attorney General sort of thing, dropped all the charges. Really? Weird. And we didn't really know what's up with that. And, like, obviously, if you're the victim's families, that's been weighing on you. Like, how come the guy who made the decision that cost my loved one their life uh, didn't face any punishment for this? I am... Mm -hmm. just on the edge of my seat about how religion is going to play into this. I'm kind of nervous. Because you know it is, because yeah, that's why we're, we're talking, talking about, about it. Yeah, because we're talking about it on right. this show. And here's the thing. What we did know, what we knew before they did any investigations or anything, is that uh, this guy, Tudoru, he prayed for the driver before the driver went on the road. No! This is before the like what we knew already. He placed his hands on the driver's head, prayed for the witches to go away. Here's what the driver said in court later on. While we were doing this, Simon talked to me about witches and curses and how they worked. After we did uh, the search of a car and didn't find anything, like as if the witches would exist in the car, he placed his hand on my head and prayed. I don't remember the exact words of the prayer, but I do remember at the end of it, he said, in Jesus' name, I cast the spell out of you. Oh, no. Guess what? The exorcism did not work. Okay, so that's what we knew. Like, religion played a role in it, but it doesn't really explain much, right? It uh -huh. just says, okay, well, the guy was had superstitious thinking, 
and then they let him on the road, and also he shouldn't have been driving. Right. But also the boss had a religious reason for putting him back on the road, or he thought his prayers would absolve right. everything, and yeah. it didn't. Here's what 60 Minutes and also the newspaper The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald all did a joint investigation on this. What they figured out is more of Tudoru's religious history. Uh-oh. And basically what they found is, who is this dude? What does he believe? It turns out he is a longtime member former missionary and senior pastor for a group called the Potter's House Christian Fellowship, which is a cult-like <laughs> fire and brimstone church that basically keeps congregation members inside a faith-based bubble in order to brainwash them. Uh-huh. Um, this is a church where television and non-Christian movies and music are banned for anyone who has an active role in the church. Okay. And if you uh, leave the church, you're completely shunned by the remaining members in the church. Very Jehovah's Witnesses. Very Jehovah's right Witnesses. Right there. Um, and former members of the Potter's House who spoke to 60 Minutes say we were also shielded from accurate medical advice. Oh. Like, it is routine to I quote, unquote. I wish I could see patterns in these uh-huh. things, you know? It's routine to quote, heal people by speaking in tongues and casting out demons rather than saying, you should go see a doctor. Like, everything is a prayer away from getting cured. But how does that have anything to do with the story we were talking about, Heaven? I don't see how those things connect. Right? So the investigation, I should say, it doesn't necessarily say that this guy, it doesn't add to the criminal case against the guy. It just shines a light on context. some context. And so what did this guy believe? Where are these beliefs coming from? Right. Um, one victim's husband told a reporter, I think there are serious threats to people's safety when people like that are making decisions that are affecting other people's lives or their mm-hmm. livelihoods. That's dangerous. What the, the, Reporters talked to the church's former leader who walked away 15 years ago when he felt they were getting more extreme, where he said of people like Tudoru, the longer they are in the system, the more they drink the Kool-Aid. And here's what I found really interesting about this whole story. Uh, And this is unique, I think, to Australian media and not the U.S. media. The show repeatedly referred to the bizarre beliefs of the church. Their Mm. words, not mine. They use the word bizarre. I don't know how I they feel about said, that. That doesn't feel very it. journalistic. Loved it. They um It's like a little editorializing. Don't care. Good. <laughs> they called it out for what it was. They yeah. this is I'm looking at the YouTube video they posted, the segment. Uh. Inside an American cult-like religion linked to a deadly freeway ca- uh, cla- crash. They called it cult-like, like not me. Like they were willing to say, well, this guy believes some stupid shit right here. And that's messed up. And they're not yeah. saying it should be banned or anything. But he shouldn't but they be were allowed not to make decisions yeah. based on... And that's where they were going with sure. it. But like they were also saying, like, well, this guy believes some fucked up stuff. As they should, because yeah. it is. I need them yeah. to editorialize when it's sufficient, because these are bananas ideas. I want reporters here saying, like, not Republicans came up with a debt ceiling proposal. It's like... Well, they're holding the whole country right. ransom for what they want. So That's you're saying the that there's a, a plainness of, of speech that yeah. the Australians have that you admire? They're not saying, this guy believes some stuff, but it's his religion, so like we should just acknowledge that some people have religious beliefs. No. By the way, they also pointed out, they spoke to a former member who had a booklet of like what the cures were for various conditions. Mm-hmm. Let me read you this. Okay. Bone spurs were blamed on a hatred of husbands. Is that why Donald Trump got them? Yes. Back pain is the fault of bitterness and rebellion. Actually, 
breast Actually, cancer. I do have back pain, and I am both bitter and what was the other one? Rebellious. Yes. Uh, breast uh, cancer, mm-hmm. hatred of husbands, unforgiveness, and gossip. Cervical cancer. Oh no. Promiscuity. Oh no. Uh huh. Scoliosis. Uh huh. Twisting spirit. Oh, I have a fucking arrow straight spine. Do not get it <laughs> twisted, dudes. So, I mean, I'm just saying, it was very... I have a belly dancer spine. If we want to... I, I like that journalists just called out this bullshit for what it was. Truly. Especially because it's a famous story over there. Mm-hmm. It's like, why did this happen? It's not because the boss was religious. It's because the boss was bananas religious. Right. And let's call out, here's the church he went to. Right. Here's what they teach their members. Here's how cult-like it is. Here's how they put everybody in a bubble. And it doesn't add anything to the story other than, oh, this guy wasn't just religious. Mm -hmm. He was part of one of those religions. And let's all acknowledge that that's messed up. And they connected the dots between the faith-based ignorance of some Christians, Mm -hmm. not all. They were not ripping Christianity. They were ripping this church and their beliefs. And they connected that with the senseless deaths that resulted from them. Mm -hmm. I would argue the public was better served because they connected the two obvious dots. I think you're right. I have a question that is not a, yeah. like, yeah, but question. It is a yes and yes. then question. Good improv skills, yes. Thank you very much. Well, I just can hear people emailing me, and sometimes I just have to get out ahead of it. So I agree with you. You are correct. My question would be, what's the next step after this? You for know what I mean? For the case here, no, 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 or no, no, in terms no, 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 of the no. media criticism for of, like... I mean, just for, like... So I'm a lawmaker in Australia, yeah. right? And I see this happen. And if I'm a good lawmaker, I hope, how can I prevent this tragedy from happening again? And I guess my question is, and this isn't me like be doing a flipping question. I'm genuinely asking, like, how could this have been prevented? Without knowing the details, I don't know that it could have been prevented because bad decisions lead to these bad right. decisions. What, they, what I'm wondering is, did, like, the Victorian attorneys like did they drop the case against the boss because he said he was just following his religion i don't know if that's the answer but if that was oh, the see, reason that's not even what i was thinking then about. maybe that's one way you move forward with this to say that should not be allowed sure. whether this is written in the law or it becomes a social social norm right we should not allow someone's religious insanity mm. to dictate public policy here but, he should not be able to get off the hook no of course because but, of that i don't know if that's why he got off the hook but that's the only answer I have. Like, but I don't know what else they can do about it. So many. Because you can't ban the religion. Right. And so you unless you're like crimes. a, yeah, a full on like micromanager <clears throat> or like one of those Amazon warehouse people, like when you hire somebody to do a job, you, ha- you are hiring them with the understanding of they're going to have to use their best judgment in a lot yeah. of ways. Right. Like you work with kids. I work with kids. Like society has entrusted you and I to say like, okay, you have good enough judgment. There isn't going to be like somebody watching you every moment of every day. I, I genuinely do not know how you could like ask appropriate and not illegal questions to probe into like somebody's decision-making skills. I I guess that's it. I don't think they would do that. I don't think they would have to do that. I think the rule is, if you make bad decisions, sure. your religion isn't going to get you out of it. Okay, and all I right, think, that's like, a fair... Not the same system, I know, but like in the Mississippi vaccine case we talked about, right. if you have a medical reason for not getting your vaccinations, that's one thing. We can work with that. But we're not going to allow religion to be your excuse for making bad decisions that could hurt other people. That's the policy I want in place. Mm. I don't know why this guy, Tutoru, was not charged. Uh-huh. I hope... 
maybe the, the case is ongoing. Maybe mm. someone else will take it up. I don't know. But I did appreciate that they were like, this horrible thing happened three years ago. Mm. We're investigating it. And here's what we found. He's not just a religious right. dude who prayed. I mean, it was He's great. He's a member of a crazy religious belief. Yeah. Uh, or he holds crazy religious beliefs. I mean, it was And gr- that's the problem. It was great invest- investigative journalism. Yeah. Like, no doubt about that. I, I'm just sort of stuck in the, like, okay, now what question? Which yeah. isn't the point of this, Which right? We'll like, it's uh, tragic, and I hope... I am curious. If, I just I am curious if any politicians saw this and reacted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't follow it beyond the story itself, but I'd be curious. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Cool. Um, just before we uh, even go into um, bonus episode stuff, I just wanted to like quickly shout out that like trans woman woman trans woman who ran the marathon, and Fox News writ large. Fucking lost their collective mind, and my favorite thing in the entire world wait, wait, is the headlines. What did they say about her? The headlines were like basically fake woman, like whatever bullshit yeah, yeah. they used. Beat ten thousand quote unquote real women at this marathon, which here are several. And in, she got a medal for. And it. And she got a medal for it. So first of all, she placed six thousand and eighteenth. <laughs> Like, truly, 6,000 people finish in front yeah. of her. One. Two, it's a participation trophy, gang. She like, finished a marathon. She, finished she deserves a marathon, a marathon and in champagne. In the middle and of the pack. And yeah. I think this is an interesting <laughs> thing because they are having a meltdown about this in spite of a perfectly average, non-competitive, what we talked about when you walked yeah. in. It wasn't. It was a fun run. I wasn't, that's not what she was doing it. it to finish a marathon, <laughs> yeah. not to win the marathon, right. which is great. Good for you. Yeah. I'm not doing it. No, of course not. It's miserable. Yeah. Um, this is the case for a lot of trans athletes, which is like, especially at lower levels, high school, whatever. Mm-hmm. They just want to compete. They mm-hmm. just want to play. Like there is right now on the right, there is this swimmer who is all up about like, we shouldn't, I was beaten by a trans uh, swimmer. It's like, you didn't take second in the Olympics to a trans person. You were like sixth in the collegiate championship and like four other cis yeah. women beat you. You weren't that good, relatively speaking, in that crowd. Like that but her whole girl? thing is like, I, if that one trans person mm-hmm. wasn't there, well, then I would have Well, she got all fifth. of her testosterone in the water or whatever. It's like that trans girl who didn't get into like University of Texas or whatever, and like sued the country. Like, I'm smarter than some black people. How come they Oh, the got white it? girl who didn't get in and wanted the affirmative action stuff. I literally gone. just said the white girl who didn't no, get you in. No, said the trans girl. Did I? Yeah. I meant to say white girl. I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm. But yeah, I get you. Like, but, 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 like, she's like, I didn't get in because I'm white. It's like, no, it's because you weren't. It's true. Like every affirmative action lawsuit is like, I didn't get in because black people. It's like, did you study hard? Yeah. (laughs) Did you try doing something beyond having a rich family? Because that only gets you so far. Okay. What are we talking about in the bonus? We are going to talk about a tie-dyeing party I had with my students. It was very wholesome. I would like to talk to you about the Twitter blue fiasco. I'm really enjoying (laughs) that. Okay. Um, I did. Hey, someone send me a blue sky invite. If you know what I'm talking about, send it to me. If you don't know what I'm talking about, pretend I never said it. I saw something like that on some... Uh, I don't give a shit. I'm trying to be... I want to talk about the John Mulaney special. I did not watch it, but Excellent. I would love to talk to you about it. Um, I 
indoctrinated one of my students into my Auntie Reagan ways. Um, basically, so she's 15. No, save it. Save oh, I just it. want to say that she's 15 and always talks about how she doesn't pay attention in school. So I'm constantly trying to like get her to tell me what she's learned or like teach her things. <laughs> and we ended up on Reagan. Um, brought Dottie in. She met this horse, Scotty, and I would like to tell you about it. Um, Did you just say Dottie and Scotty? Oh, yeah. Oh, Christ. Dottie, my dog, Scotty, a horse. Um, Mikey and I are going to Fargo in a few weeks. Do we have any listeners who live in Fargo? Question mark. Um, and, oh, I'm reading a book by Ann Burgess or Ann Burgess. I'm not sure which, but, uh, she is one of the original FBI profilers from like the Mindhunter thing. Interesting. Um, and I'm really enjoying her book and I'd like to talk about it. You can uh, find me at Hemant Meta on the internet. Mm. You can go to, hey, subscribe to my Substack. It's free. Friendlyatheist.substack.com. Gang, you can I didn't support even subscribe to it and I'm getting it. You get on there. Spam. Uh, you could <laughs> support this show at patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast. You can email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can always leave us a review on iTunes or like wherever the hell. People else. leave things. Yeah, these you say days. things about things. Um, this latest five star review is from Wednesday. It's by Arby John. Five stars. Quote: A Christian mailman. Oh on the, come on! Don't leave that in the review. On this episode about the right for the mailman to be accommodated for not working on Sundays, oh, no. I painfully listened to that part twice, and I have no idea where Jessica got sidetracked on the point that was made. Union workers may may can dictate when they would won't work, but. Non-using business, no, my last... Oh, that was it. I I don't read these before I read them to you. as long as it's five stars. Yeah, truly. You guys can say whatever bullshit you want to. That's how YouTube comments work. Love the show, but it needs a new host. Jessica (laughs) had a hard time understanding the point on the last episode. I'll come back when she gets replaced. (laughs) Wow. How would you know she got replaced if you're not listening to the show? J.C. Milloa, 79. Oh, dude, you're like 44 and you're saying mean things about girls on the internet. Calm <laughs> down. Um, boy, that really made me Good happy. Time. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't realize that was about to happen. Love it. Well, All right. We'll, we'll see you next week. We'll see you week. next week. Bye.